podcast was good. Thank you all so much for listening. I have some very, very good news. I now have a hub for every piece of content I release. You will not want to miss out on this. So go to YouTube right now, search Hampton Hoops, and subscribe to never miss a beat. Now let's get into today's show. Let's get it. What up, what up, Coop? How you doing, my guy? As always, brother, surviving and thriving. How are you? I'm good, man. I love to hear that. We have a very, very exciting day. We're doing our first preview of the 2022-2023 NBA season. I was checking the calendar, and it doesn't even feel real. We're only 60 days from the start of the preseason, and it's never too early to preview that. We're going to start off on the Atlantic coast and work our way west, and that means we're starting with the Atlantic division, the Boston Celtics, the New York Knicks, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Toronto Raptors, and what the hell is going on with the Brooklyn Nets. We'll get into all of that. But we're going to start with the defending Eastern Conference champions. That is the Boston Celtics. When you look at their offseason moves, they obviously traded for Malcolm Brogdon, got him from the Pacers, did not give up too much in that trade. They also signed Danilo Gallinari, you know, got him away from Atlanta. And their draft pick, their solo draft pick, was J.D. Davidson at number 53 out of University of Alabama. So, Cooper... What are you looking forward to with the Celtics next year, and how are you feeling about Boston? Dude, I'm feeling pretty dang good. I mean, Boston started out really rough. Um, they were banging 500 maybe. I mean, it wasn't, or it wasn't too good. Um, then they kicked it into high gear. They started clicking on all cylinders. They, they, they meshed as a team. Um, so what I'm really looking forward to is they got another year. Uh, that's been a team that since Jason Tatum has been there, they've gotten better and better and better and better. I'm ready to see another year of progression with them, uh, them gelling as a team. Uh, you hit on the two pieces they've got, which have been pretty massive pieces for them, uh, and Danilo Gallinari and uh, Malcolm Brogdon. I'm going to know Malcolm Brogdon a little more because I think he's more impactful for what they were missing last year. They didn't have a true point guard. Yes, Marcus Smart was defensive player of the year, incredible basketball player, but they needed a true point guard to facilitate an offense down the stretch of games. And I think Malcolm Brown can do that. And I think he can also help you on defense with a team that was already number one in defense last year. So I think this team just got significantly better from a year that they were 51 and 31, if I remember correctly. And in the NBA finals, what more could you ask out of a season than to make it to the big dance? You're exactly right, man. And they, they badly needed another you know, point guard to go along with Marcus Smart because everybody, it's so interesting to me, the Marcus Smart conversation is everybody shat on him for years and said they needed a point guard, they needed a point guard. And the minute they rotate Marcus Smart there, they get to the NBA Finals. They tried Kemba Walker. They even tried Kyrie Irving. None of that worked until you put Marcus Smart at that starting point guard position. Brogdon, I think it's a great, great pickup. If he can't stay healthy, it's okay. This is You're looking at relatively the same team. But if he can, you're looking at probably the best backup in the league, if not, if he can't you know, work his way into the starting lineup. So it's going to be very, very interesting on that front. Like you just so elegantly illustrated, the fresh off the finals run, I mean, that was massive. Um, the elephant in the room right now is these KD rumors. Me personally, yeah. I would not trade for him. You were two games from an NBA championship without him. And even then, you somehow found a way to get better this offseason, which is really, really rare for a team like that. Their biggest question um, on their current roster, you know, excluding the KD stuff, 
is Grant Williams. Cooper, you and I talked last night extensively about uh, Brandon Clark, whether or not we should extend him for our Memphis Grizzlies. They're having that same conversation with Grant Williams, and I think it's a lot tougher conversation because he was relatively underwhelming his first two years. You look at last year, this is a guy that shot 41% from three and 77 games. That's absolutely incredible. And he started uh, a big chunk of those games as well. So I would extend them, me personally. Um, but, you know, just to put a bow on this, I think it's another year of contending in the East for Boston. Facts. And I love how you hit on the KD rumors. If I'm Boston, I would get as far away from those rumors as humanly possible because you just don't want to create turmoil in your locker room. Um, you already saw Jalen Brown tweet out SMH because mm-hmm. he got in, uh, included in those trade rumors again. And at the end of the day, I don't know if Jalen Brown would go as far as Ben Simmons did when he got involved in trade rumors. But, like, you don't want a guy thinking he's about to get traded and going and looking at – I mean, Ben Simmons literally went and looked in Houston for houses because he was about to get traded. So, if I'm Boston, stay clear of those. You have a really good team. You have – a really good team with really good players on it. Just keep going. Keep doing what you did. You got better. And you got a year, a, co- a coach that was a rookie coach who got up to the finals. Well, now he's got a year under his belt. He's figured some things out. He's learned from some mistakes. And I just think that whole team's going to just be like a well machine. But yeah, the, I'd stay away from as many rumors as I possibly could with Katie. Because yeah. to be honest with you, I wouldn't want to be involved in anything that's going on in Brooklyn right now. Yeah, I, I wouldn't either, and I can't wait to touch on them because I know you and I have a lot of things to say, but we can go ahead and move into our next team here. I think I think you put it a, a really, really uh, good exclamation point on the Boston Celtics. We're both excited for them, man. Facts. And a team that I'm honestly just as excited for is in Philly. Um, this team was tied the same record, just Boston had obviously the tiebreakers. But same record as them, 51 and, or 51 and 31. I almost said 51, 51, but, like, <laughs> same record. Um, it was basically Joel Embiid by himself for the entire year. Um, then halfway through the season, you get a James Harden, not his best year, but as he <laughs> put it, my bad year, I still almost average a triple-double. What happens when I'm on a good year? Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so, like – for them, I feel like they've also gotten better, too. Uh, the P.J. Tucker signing, awesome. The DeAnthony Melton trade for an injured Danny Green, awesome. Um, you weren't really going to – that pick probably wasn't going to play valuable minutes for you, so I think that's just an incredible trade for them with a team that lacked depth after the Ben Simmons, uh, Andre Drummond, and Seth Curry trade. Um, honestly, I want to see a year of committed James Harden because I'm going to be honest with you. A year of committed James Harden and a year of committed Joel Embiid and a Tobias Harris as your third best player, or heck, maybe your fourth best player, Maxi continues to improve the way he's improved. Mm-hmm. That's a scary, scary, scary team with the head coach like Doc Rivers, who, um, I mean, Doc Rivers is one of the best to do it. Yes, he doesn't have the rings to show it, but he is an incredible basketball coach. This team has all the makings, mm-hmm. all the makings to be a contender, and I, I, I love where they're sitting right now. You, I couldn't have said it any better. I'm just as excited about the Philadelphia 76ers this next year. In the East, for me, it's really three true championship contenders, and two of them are in this division. It's Boston and Philly, two teams we're talking about yeah. right now. And then I'd obviously throw Milwaukee in there. If they had Chris Middleton, who the hell knows? I know that pisses off Boston fans, but it's the truth. 
And James Harden, he did th- their offseason moves. That was on the top of the list. They got him re-signed. He took a pay cut. I'll get into that a little bit later in my spiel. But they also signed a guy that you and I love, Coop, and P.J. Tucker. I think he's a winning guy. Uh, he he's fresh off a conference finals run. And before that, he won an NBA championship with Giannis up in Milwaukee. They also got a guy we're very, very familiar with and De'Anthony Melton to really boost that bench. Daniel House is back uh, with Daryl Morey and James Harden. They also picked up Trevlin Queen, a guy they're really excited about out of the G League. Now to get into the James Harden stuff, he did take a pay cut. It did a massive deed in his legacy. But the reality is he needed to. I I mean – he did almost average a triple-double, but it was on terrible efficiency, and he was out of shape, quite frankly. If he can get right back into – I don't expect to see James Harden. I'm not asking about that. I'm just asking to be committed and be in shape. The sky's the limit. Tyrese Maxey, I love how you said he could be the third-best player. I really believe that he can be the second-best player even on some nights too because this is a guy going into his third year. We saw what John Moran just did in his third year. Can he take a leap yeah. like that? I mean, that's not out of the question either. Uh, when you look at their bench last year, man, they were one of the worst in the league. And they went from one of the worst to having, you know, arguably one of the best with all the moves we just talked about going into next season. They just did that in one offseason. Um, the biggest question really heading into this season, they do have some tampering stuff <laughs> to deal with right now. But the good news is, man, the NBA does not – really doesn't give a shit about this. No. I mean, you know that – I know that you keep up with the uh, NFL, Coop. We saw what happened to the Miami Dolphins here recently. Owner gets fined, uh, you know, over a million dollars, first-round pick and third-round pick yanked. Usually all the NBA does is take a second for a contender that does not matter <laughs> at all exactly man it's just a slap on the wrist bro so just, <laughs> yeah. just put a bow on the sixers man i got a, I got another uh 51 season for him for sure i think top three in the east facts i'm right there with you and yeah that's i was i was wondering if you're gonna bring up the tampering but yeah they're accused of tampering and i honestly think it's just because i don't think it's as much anything but the miami heater upset that they lost pj tucker because we, we're not talking about him today because I'm not in the Atlanta division, but Miami's gotten worse, and I think losing P.J. Tucker is just a massive capital letter on the fact that they've gotten worse. So exactly, they're just, they're just mad because they got they got the second-round pick yank, a little slap on the wrist mm-hmm. last year, and now they're just one Philly to get a slap on the wrist. <laughs> unless, unless the NBA – dude, the Miami Dolphins one, for those of you who don't pay, follow the NFL, losing a first-round pick – and a third round pick that's top 102, that's massive. And your owner can't even be involved for like I think it said like the first 90 days or something like that. Like that's that's some that's like hammered down. Exactly. Uh, like the NBA definitely does not do that. Uh, but no, that I don't think the tampering is really going to bother them too much unless they take PJ Tucker. But no, nah, yeah. I think Philly they can't do that. But oh. I think Philly's in prime position prime position barring injuries to being being a driver's seat to be in contention this season I, I i think you're exactly right man they will be in contention for sure and a very exciting team to watch speaking of exciting teams let's get into another one in this division uh the toronto raptors when you look at their offseason moves man they they uh re-signed chris boucher they extended thaddeus young they got Otto porter from the Warriors they got him in free agency 
and their draft pick was Christian Coloco. They got him at 33rd. So, Coop, how are you feeling uh, when it comes to Toronto the next year? With this team, you have one of the best head coaches in the league right now, so I'm always going to be feeling good about you because, I mean, nobody was talking about Toronto, and then all of a sudden they're like fourth or fifth seed, and you're like, mm-hmm. where'd y'all come from? Um, I think with this team, they're a younger team. Um, Scotty Barnes is going to be a year older. Um, Pascal Siakam started off a little slow and got better. Fred Van Fleet got to be highlighted as the primary point guard. Um, I do like this team a lot, and I love Otto Porter. I have a higher <laughs> – you and I <laughs> talked yesterday about we have a higher opinion of him solely on the fact that he just started bombing away some threes against yes. the Grizz in the playoffs. But I think this is just a consistent team. Um, I, I don't remember off the top of my head what their record was, but I know they were third in this division, which is a pretty stacked division. Um, and – I think they're just going to have another really solid year. I don't know whether or not right now if I have them making that four, five, six seed or if they're going to be a playing team, how to fight for it. But whether or not I think this is a team that anytime they lace the shoes up, they're going to be uh, – they can easily win the game. Yeah, I, they can compete with anyone. I mean, this this team, they, they avoided the play-in last year, and I think they can do it again this year. I look at Scotty Barnes fresh off a rookie of the year campaign. He's only going to get better in his second year. Fred Van Fleet made his first all-star appearance last year. And he's their question mark right now going into next year. He became eligible for an extension on July 8th. Toronto could offer a four-year $114 million extension to to him. It's really, you know, sticker shock whenever you first see that. But to me, He's worth that. If Jalen Brunson is worth 104, Fred, a guy fresh off an all-star appearance, is worth 114, in my opinion. For the Raptors, man, I think it's going to be a really exciting year. You got a mix of young guys and um, guys like Freddie that are right in the middle of their prime and Pascal thrown in there. Um, I think their absolute ceiling, I don't think they will do this, but I think their ceiling is they have the potential to be the Memphis Grizzlies of the East. I don't think they're going to be all the way at a two seed, but a three or four, I would not be absolutely shocked just with the leap some of those young guys can make. Facts. And I know I said it first thing I said, but having Nick Nurse be your head coach goes a long, long way Mm -hmm. because he is just incredible at what he does. You have savvy vets and, uh, Thaddeus Young and Otto Porter, um, that team's just kind of – they're always going to be there. And we didn't even mention two of the guys that played really well last year and Gary Trent Jr., um, which is looking like an absolute steal to get away from the Portland Trailblazers for uh, – uh, he plays for the Clippers now. I'm blanking hard on it. Norman Powell, there it exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah. Um, looking like an absolute steal right now. Um, and then OG Ananobi, who we uh, talked about uh, free, frequently yesterday, mm-hmm. uh about maybe being a Grizz, he's incredible role player, incredible three and D, um, and he's very consistent. So like this team, just top to bottom, really does have a nice eight to ten man rotation, and you have a really dang good head coach to coach them. <laughs> You're exactly right, man. I, I this is why this is why I love you as a co-host, man, because we like we bring such like different stuff. Like I would have never highlighted Nick nurse. I don't know why he's a fantastic coach. He's literally not even Canadian and he coaches team Canada. So he's got to be doing something right. But yes, man, I cannot speak to what a great, great coach he is. I'm so glad you brought that up, bro. 
Facts. I, I love Nick Nurse, and I, I'm one of his biggest fans, and he doesn't even know it because I'm all the way down here in Memphis, and he up there in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> for sure that, for sure that. Let's get into these final two teams. Coop, uh, I'm going to let you kick that one off. Yeah, and th- these final two teams, really, I've, I've been kind of happy-go-lucky on these first New three. New York! Th- these two New York teams, uh, not, a, not, as, not as good thoughts coming from them. We're going to start with Brooklyn. Um, literally the the first thing I wrote in all caps was too much drama. Um, what was funny is I I don't remember what the exact statement was that Shaq, uh, was said to, but he said, I think it was basically like the only thing that can beat, uh, the the Brooklyn Nets is nobody. And Shaq said basketball, a vaccine and something else. And he was like, that's what can beat them because Ben Simmons doesn't play basketball and Kyrie didn't get the vaccine. And I don't remember what to think about Kevin Durant was, but oh, it, it was lotion because <laughs> he was making fun of his legs. But like, there's just so much drama going on with this team. And Jack, you and I both know any team that just, and I hate to use this illusion, but any team that has this dark cloud just hovering over their team because you have no clue what's going on with them. Kevin Durant still requested a trade a few months ago, and just nothing's going on with that. I read an article saying that he was. Um, going to meet with the owner about the stalemate in his request for a trade. Um, and we've talked to about the fact that Rudy Gobert's trade kind of screwed that whole thing Thanks. up. But like at the end of the day, when you have one of the top five players in the NBA still saying, I still want to be traded out of here. That doesn't make the guys who go into battle with him on the court night in night out be like, yeah, I really want to play with him. He doesn't even want to be here. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's just a hard team to gauge. Um, take all the drama aside, I really do love the TJ Warren pickup. Yes, we haven't seen him since he was bubble TJ, <laughs> but I think he's a really good basketball player. And, like, say Kevin Durant does not get traded and they just run it back, they do have a really solid team to do that with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Nick Claxton resigned. You traded for um, Utah Jazz guy, Royce O'Neal, mm-hmm. um, which is a decent pickup for them. You uh, – there's just they have a really good roster top to bottom. It's just a matter of can that roster stay on the court and not let the outside world be the reason they don't play basketball. Um, you're there to play basketball, play basketball. I try to find a highlight in TJ Warren, but other than that, Brooklyn's just had kind of a ominous, dark offseason, <laughs> to say the least, and it does not make me feel very good going into the season for them, as good as the other teams, because they just allow everything else to be the reason they're not succeeding. Exactly, man. That's what I love about this league is I'm going to fall back to something you and I have talked about even when we weren't doing, you know, you know, video podcasts. It was dating all the way back to we, we didn't talk about it at this time, but everyone else did. You look at the beginning of last year, it was the Nets and the Lakers. That was everyone's finals prediction. And they ended up the two biggest disasters last year, a, a team that got swept in the first round and a team that didn't even make the play in. And Brooklyn has had this cloud over them for a long, long time. You could not have drawn up a worse year for them this past year. Um, you touched on the offseason moves. I'm, I'm going to run down the list real quick. Just like you said, man, they got TJ Warren, signed him as a free agent. Another guy you mentioned, Royce O'Neal, they, they uh, got in a trade from the Jazz, re-signed Claxton, they re-signed Kessler Edwards, and they re-signed Patty Mills as well. They did lose three key pieces First one being Andre Drummond, next one being Bruce Brown, and the final one being Goran Dragic. 
but this is where the the analysis for me ends. Thank God they had a bunch of offseason moves I, I could read and kill time because after that, that is a big-ass question mark because I don't know. I, I, is KD going to return? With that meeting, I think he is, but I have I have no reporting on that whatsoever because why would you meet with the owner of a team? Like it's, anyways, if he returns, I'm not as high on the Nets as everyone else is. I think they're going to be similar to last year, six or seven seed if he returns and runs it back like everything is right now. If he doesn't, Obvious bottom of the barrel team. That's how I feel. Beautiful bow on it because <laughs> that's about the same way I feel. And I'm not feeling mm-hmm. too good about this next team in New York. Uh-oh. And we just going to jump right into these Knicks. First thing I wrote on them, too much nonsense. Because mm-hmm. to be honest with you, they we've mentioned Philly with the tampering thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Knicks tampering is a little, to me, it's more like, you hired his dad. I don't understand what you expect his dad not to talk to him for like a few days before free agency because they kind of blood. So like that's kind of stupid to me. But like they're probably going to get him with the tampering too because they showed him move heaven and earth to get Jalen Brunson. And the next thing I wrote was, "Is Brunson enough?" Because mm-hmm. this team was not very good. Julius Randle came back down to earth. Um, I just feel like you. They're just not even caring that R.J. Barrett's their guy. Um, that's just what it feels like to me. Um, you re-sign Mitchell Robinson, which I love that move. I love Mitchell Robinson. You're just kind of meh. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. This team this team, is just a shrug of the shoulders. I'm really not going to bat an eye if they 5-6 play-in team or if they don't even make the plan at all. I, it won't, I won't phase me one mm-hmm. way or the other. Now, if they're the number one team and they're the best team in the league, I'll, I'll be shocked out of my mind. Uh, one, but like, you're in one of the biggest markets ever, and you're just kind of a mid-level team, and it's kind of just disappointing. Exactly, man. And I feel like they had they had one of the busiest and most interesting off seasons to me. I didn't love it, but I did not hate it. Um, when you look at their off season moves, the obvious ones, the Jalen Brunson one. Um, he's a hundred million dollar man now. Mitchell Robinson, who you just mentioned, they re-signed. Uh, a low-key big one was that Isaiah Hartenstein signing him as a free agent, getting him away from the Clippers. Uh, Jericho Sims, a young, you know, about four. He's he's a uh, power forward guy for them. He re-signed their draft pick, the one that they didn't trade away uh, at number forty-two is Trevor Keels out of Duke. When you look at their losses. This one doesn't matter at all. Kimball Walker, he he, they literally didn't even play last year at that last half of the season. They lost Alec Burks. Uh, my best buddy, it's a Knicks fan, was actually really happy about that. They also lost Noel, which I think is bigger I think that's than big. most. Uh, Nerland's Noel is a massive loss. And Tom Thibodeau finally has to part ways with Taj Gibson on Taj Gibson's 51st birthday. So that is absolutely <laughs> incredible for uh, Tom Thibodeau. I don't know if he's going to be able to survive. But I hope he plays. I hope to God, play Quentin Grimes more. I'm, yes. I don't even watch this team night in and night out. He needs to be playing more. Um, like I said, it was really interesting. But they have, if you look, if you look at what they've done, they've set themselves up to take a big swing at Donovan Mitchell with eight first round picks. So I mean, they have done that now. Um, when you look at questions, like you said, the tampering thing, man, that, that, that is big. 
But also, can Julius Randle become an all-star again? If he does, I think that could go a really long way. Thanks. And I'm glad you hit on that because I, I wasn't even thinking about Julius Randle, to be honest with you. It's like he was just so bad last season that you're just kind of like, Mm-hmm. I, Jack, I honestly don't even need him to become an all-star again. Mm-hmm. Can you just be good enough to maybe be in the all-star talk? <laughs> you don't have to be an all-star. Can you just not be one of those guys that everybody's saying, uh, who's willing to take him? Yeah. Like, that's – that's you need to be – there's a fine line where you need to be, and you're nowhere near it right now. Right. Um, can you just – can you just be better? Can you you don't have to be an all-star again. You don't have to have that insane season you had again. Can you just be close to an all-star level basketball player? Um, can RJ Barrett k- keep improving? I like RJ mm-hmm. Barrett a lot. Um, can he just keep improving? Emmanuel Quickly, a guy we haven't talked about. Um, mm-hmm. can you take another step? I love Quentin Grimes. I think he's awesome. He's he can be really, really good for you. Honestly, he could be a better version of Evan Fournier, even when Evan Fournier was super good. Um, like they they have good players. It's just I haven't felt like with Boston they were struggling and it just felt like they they were at a crossroads and then they finally meshed. Mm-hmm. Can can the New York Knicks mesh? Exactly. Um, can they can they form a team that is competent enough to go out there and play good basketball night in night out? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's TBD. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, that comparison's interesting. The Boston the first half of last season because they did have a lot of pressure. Um, the difference was they had a they made a change in coaching, and I don't know how out everyone up in New York is on Tom Thibodeau right now, but that is big. Um, one thing that really stands out to me, a guy you mentioned in Evan Fournier, um, between three players now, Jalen Brunson, Evan Fournier, and Julius Randle, they have $331 million soaked into those three players, and you could look up in five years and none of them had – one all-star appearance that's really really concerning for me but you never know I'm, I'm cheering for the Knicks like I have absolutely nothing against them but we will see man I think it'll be a successful year if they're top six I don't know if it'll save Tibbs job enough I think Tibbs can only really save his job if he's a top five seed in my opinion but how hot of a seat do you think he's on right now I feel I feel like with how much like, I don't want to say nonsense because Jalen Brunson is a good player, but like how much nonsense they did just right. to get Jalen Brunson. Um, you you better be pretty good. And I just, I don't know how hot it is. I, he might have one of the hotter ones going into the season. Um, and it can cool down, just like you said, with a successful season of being in the playoffs, not having to play in the play in. Mm-hmm. Um, it can, it can, it can flip just like that. That's usually how that goes. Um, I don't think it's one of those things where if they start out, uh, maybe like six and six or like six and ten, like where they're like, eh, they're kind of meh. I don't think it's one of those things where it's a midseason firing, but like the writing will be on the wall if they don't have a successful season. I think like by the trade deadline, if they're like five to ten games under five hundred, I mean that that that's a it's a worst case scenario. I could definitely see them parting ways in the middle of the season. But other than that, yeah, man, I think if he hovers around five hundred, they'll wait till the end of the season. It, to me, it's a 500 basketball team. Um, we will see. Hopefully, R.J. Barrett can take a fourth-year leap and just become an all-star or something. You're just – whenever you're going into a season hoping, it, it's very, very worrisome. 
as a Grizzly fan, that's what I did last year. We started off the season nine and 10 and John Morant's getting carried off the floor at home when we're getting blown out by 40 to Atlanta. And then a miracle happened and we become the second seed. So you never, ever know what's going to happen, especially with the New York Knicks. So we, we will definitely see. Uh, we were going to touch on the LeBron thing a little bit. He is eligible for an extension. Um, I'm actually just going to hold that off. Um, Coop, I know I forgot to tell you this, but JB's coming in town this weekend. and I was looking at topics for us to talk about. That probably should be one of them. I know I sent you that earlier today, but my fault, bro. But we can uh, – is there anything else you got to say about this? Oh, wait. We got to give our predictions one to five. What, what am I doing? What am I doing? Cooper, who wins this division? Who comes in second, third, fourth, and fifth in the Atlantic division? All right, all right. I'm going to give it to you five to one just so I got to keep you on the edge of your seat. Uh-oh. Um, I'm I, here. I got I'm the, here. <laughs> I got the the New York Knicks at five. Um, I just I just don't see it right now. I, I think the roster makeup's not as solidified as some of these other teams you're having to face. Um, and I like some of the directions that the other teams have gone in. Um, at number four, I really went back and forth between Brooklyn and Toronto. But I went Toronto solely on the fact that I think Brooklyn has just a little bit more firepower if they play. That's a massive if. Like, this could literally be exactly. uh, a Brooklyn at five and bump everybody up one if Brooklyn's players don't play. Um, mm-hmm. But I think they will just the way this direction's going. So I got to put Brooklyn at three. That's next. Um, and then this might come as a shot, but I put Boston at two um, solely on the fact that I think Philly is going to be number one because I think – I. This is going to probably be the dumbest thing I say, but I am really high on Philly right now. Yeah, I'm um, right I think they're going to be super good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I just really think they're going to be, like, right up there mm-hmm. um, with one of the best teams in the league. Um, I don't know if it's going to, like, mean playoff wins and a championship. I'm not saying that. I just think they're going to be a really good regular season team. Um, half of James Harden was almost triple-double. So if I can get literally, like, seven uh, – Three, three quarters of a James Harden. I'll take it. Play really good basketball. Play team basketball. I think they got deeper. I love P.J. Tucker. He's always a winner. Um, I got. I had to go Philly one, Boston two, uh, Brooklyn three, Toronto four, and the New York Knicks at five. Love it, man. Love it, man. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to go five to one. Uh, just because of the question mark, this has nothing to do if KD comes back. Like, we have no idea. You cannot blame me for that. I just threw Brooklyn at five, like you said. Uh, just because I have no idea, you know, um, at four comes in the New York Knicks. It's not because of how low I am on them, just how good everyone else is above them. This is a really loaded division. This is no Knicks hate here. Um, number three, Tor- Toronto Raptors team. I'm high on that's young, has a lot of, a lot, a lot of potential this year. Um, I think they have a high ceiling. Like I said, can they become a top four or five seed? I think that's absolutely plausible. Um, Coming in at one and two, this is really, really where I had to sit down and think because when you were talking about the 76ers, man, like this is like I'm right there with you. It was nip-tuck whenever it came down to ranking number one and two between Boston and Philly. I landed on the same order as last year. I got Philly at two um, just because nothing that's wrong with them. I'm just that much higher on Boston going into next year, especially if uh, Grant Williams is there like he was last year. So I got Boston at one. I think they can make a shot at winning the conference as a whole. So for me, it is the Boston Celtics 
Philadelphia 76ers, Toronto Raptors, New York Knicks, and the Brooklyn Nets to round it out. I love it. I love it. And I love that we're different. Hey, yes, sir. We got to. Hey, <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. It's, it makes a good podcast for sure, bro. Cooper, thank you so much. Uh, this is absolutely incredible. We will be doing every division. So your favorite team, I promise we will get to. Be sure to mash that like button and subscribe if you want to. It's your choice. No hate here. But Cooper, I hope you have a great, great night, my friend. Yes, sir. You too, brother.